Hey, hey, welcome back to Pros and Content, brought to you by Notch. I'm your host, Ellen Schwartz, and for this episode, I spoke with Christy Morrison, Senior Manager, Digital Intelligence and Optimization, which is awesome. The role coordinates many teams, so product, campaigns, web analytics, more, to look at data holistically to create better customer journeys, which ultimately leads to better business outcomes. It's like a B2B marketer's ideal, and she's doing awesome stuff with it. So listen up as I dig in with Christy. Here we go. Really quick, before you forget, do me a favor and make sure you're subscribed. You don't want to miss a single episode with these leading B2B SaaS marketers who know how to prove their contribution to business growth at all stages of the funnel. And now here's your interview. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to this episode of Pros and Content. I am really excited to be here with Christy Morrison. Christy, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. When we chatted before this, just to kind of get our outline worked out, it is so apparent that you have tons of experience in marketing and demand gen in all of these places. And it's really cool that you have this holistic view now at F5. So I was hoping you could walk us through a little bit about your role and how that all fits together right now. Thank you. Yeah, I've been doing this for a little while, for a minute or two. I have been at F5 for about seven years. I run a team called the Digital Intelligence and Optimization Team, which is admittedly a mouthful, but it's descriptive of what we do. My team seeks to leverage all of the data that we have available from web analytics and web data in general, use that to help create better customer experiences and create better outcomes for the business, obviously, is hopefully a very natural outcome of those positive customer experiences that we're creating. So we work really closely together with our campaigns team, product marketing, portfolio and solutions marketing to help build and craft those awesome customer journeys that get our customers where they need to go and move the business forward where the business needs to go. I like that a lot. I think it's a pretty mature way of looking at these journeys that you want to construct is that all of these teams need to be moving synchronously and towards that same goal. Are you able to share what some of those ultimate goals are that you're working towards that you would all align to? Obviously, one of them is creating those awesome customer experiences. So making sure we're using the data to find those opportunities where there might be unintended friction or unintended awesomeness even. Hopefully, it's very intended, right? (laughs) But first and foremost, making sure that we're getting our customer from where they are today and where they would like to be next as seamlessly as possible. So that's one part of it. And then that's a huge objective of the business. Second, or maybe next door to that, is getting the business outcomes. And we're a B2B business, so we're not out there trying to drive click to your cart and checkout type motions. We're looking more at relationship building with a diverse set of buyers, buying groups in B2B who are buying big technology packages are varied. So making sure that we're meeting the customer where they are providing the content resources that those folks in the buying group might need so that we're seeing those business objectives being met for us and for most folks in B2B, that's leads, right? That's quality leads, not just volume of leads. Yeah, bing, 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 right? It can't just be dumping everyone's grandmother's name onto your B2B business. So I wanted to dig in a little bit about what you talked about. So building those customer journeys is important. And that's what makes it really important to optimize. Because like you said, you need to bring in those quality leads through this funnel. And part of that is going to be figuring out exactly the pieces of that funnel that you can start to really zoom, like make it work. I feel like there's a word here that I keep forgetting about, but anyway, make it move faster, right? 
And that's what is a mystery to a lot of people is how is your funnel functioning in all of these different parts? So how is it that you see kind of what's actually working or is there a kind of optimization that you look to? I mean, that's the big challenge, right? And I think what you were looking for is maybe funnel velocity is how can we move people through the funnel more quickly or as quickly as it makes sense for the customer? Because as quickly as I would like to see things happen, I guarantee you is not as quickly as my buyers want to move. I'm a 1.9x audible listener. So I know (laughs) I like things to happen faster than maybe as natural. So understanding the pace at which our buyers move and looking for opportunities to kind of smooth that out. Now, a lot of it's channel dependent. It's buyer dependent. And so stitching these things together is really, I think, one of the big challenges that I think everybody has. I don't know that if anybody has really fully solved this. I know not to be a shill, I've seen the Notch product and it does a pretty good job of like pulling in and looking at content across the journey, across multiple visits of like what's working. That's certainly one way of looking at it. I think it's a complex environment that we're working in to try to answer these questions where we're looking at web data and we're looking at CRM data and we're looking at attribution model data and trying to stitch it together in a way that makes sense. And that is so challenging because for so many reasons, right? The tools are different. The databases are different. You have privacy laws, of course, that you have to respect as a marketer, but those also impact your ability to do some of this analysis. So one of the things that we look at is that attribution. What are the pieces of content that are playing important roles in that funnel journey and in that customer journey? However you define your attribution model, right? Like hopefully you're not doing first touch. Hopefully you're not doing last touch. Hopefully something more dispersed, but... You say hopefully, but I don't know that a lot of people are able to move past that. And I 100% appreciate the shout for a notch there, but that's exactly why we built the product is because it's really hard to see what's in the middle, to see what that journey actually was, which allows you to identify the content that you're talking about. So... I was curious too, like, how do you consider if you do have these holes that you start to see, is there a way that you're working to plug them, so to speak, in your funnel? Always, right? (laughs) Always. One of the things that's interesting, especially if you do have, for folks who have attribution modeling software, Mm -hmm. congratulations, like good for you. Some folks don't have that and that makes this a little bit harder. So for those folks, I apologize, but Those can be really insightful because oftentimes the content that you think is the most valuable or that you ascribe the most value to in your campaign planning efforts and your GTM planning efforts, while it might be important, it might not be the most important. What could potentially be the most important is maybe technical documentation that lives on your support site. And unless you have tooling like that in place to help you see that, it's a blind spot for sure. Now, you might understand the visits that it gets, but you might not be able to see the role that it plays in the actual buying journey. And so that's one way that we've been able to plug some holes and to really shine some light on some of the darker corners. Darker corners, not like scary, but like <laughs> previously unseen, unseen corners of our yeah. content environment, right? It's like, oh, wow, this is really important. And there's tons of insights that you could pull out of that and then tons of things that you can kind of start to understand about your customer. But that's one way that we've tried to plug some of those holes. And what you mentioned too about kind of shining the light into those dark corners and even understanding that there's a piece of content that might get very many hits, but is crucial to really pushing someone to whatever that conversion is that you're looking for, if it's a demo or if it's actually like to buy something, depending on what your website can do. That's where the traditional metrics we've had to work with have led people astray. 
I think a lot of times it's really tempting to say you have this one particular page gets all of your traffic, but then it turns into, okay, it's a lot of traffic, but it doesn't convert. Maybe it's people who land and then leave. Whereas like you said, the technical documents in your example, it would have a way better conversion rate. So how do you identify those and then move forward? So I appreciate that example. Have you seen other ways that I guess attribution really is a win or a fail or how you can not even attribution, but constructing those customer journeys? I mean, that technical documentation was just one example of many, but I think the point that you made following that was a really good one. It's really easy to be misled by your data. For example, something that performs really well and drives a bunch of traffic from organic search, maybe as a specific example, right? If it's not converting or if it's not an important part of the buyer's journey, then does it matter? Who cares, right? Just getting a bunch of traffic, yes, it makes you feel so good. But beyond my heartwarming feelings about it, if it's not moving the important needles for the business, then it doesn't matter. I would rather have something that gets 10 page views a month if it's driving critical business outcomes. Yeah. And so I do think the secret sauce there is customer insight, customer intimacy, and really knowing your buyers and knowing what they're looking for that's going to drive those sales and those conversions. Because again, I'd rather have 10 views a month if it's going to make a meaningful difference to a prospective customer rather than 100,000 of something that's not doing much for the business that's just making me happy when I look at graphs. Right. And that leads me to one of my next topics, which is you might be happy looking at those graphs, but what happens then when you take it to the rest of the business and they start asking questions back? So if you don't have a business metric, which you started out talking about at the top of this, it's like it has to move these business outcomes. What do you do? And I think my question is actually kind of, all right, you've got these graphs and charts. What's your next step taking that to the rest of the business to get them bought in as much as you are? Like I said before, it's easy to get distracted by those. I'm very lucky. I work with a ton of really smart people who don't get distracted by those. We're really focused on what's really driving the customer value and what's really driving the business value. So while some of those locker room metrics, if you will, the vanity metrics, there's probably a thousand different... No, I like the locker room, kind of like something that you would volley back and forth among a, a team, right? People who are on the same page. Yeah. Those are really important, but focusing on the so what, like what is the outcome of that really drives those conversations and focus on what's most important forward. And I think we see that in customer insights and customer intelligence. We have a fantastic customer base here and a really great customer success team and customer experience team who are really involved and participatory with those customers to understand the challenges that we're helping them solve and how that process looks on their end and bringing that into the conversation. You know, you and I talked before about, I think, the white whale maybe for content in the <laughs> space. It's like conversions and lead gen is awesome. That's one way to understand your content efficacy. But what about everything else? For these six month long, quarters plus long buying cycles, there's a lot of stuff in between first visit and conversion. What is that? What is the quality of that messy middle bit? That's where we look for engagement type metrics and how can we drive efficacy, understanding, and strategic content decisions when we don't have a form or we don't have conversion metrics to kind of lean on. And that's where we look for more creative and more maybe sophisticated tooling like a notch, or we've got some calculated metrics that we rely on in our analytics that we've built to help us understand how engaging this is, how 
successful this content might be so that we don't get so laser focused or maybe hyper focused on visits, you know, take the blinders off a little bit and visits are great, but what else is really happening there? And so that's kind of the two sides of the coin. We've got lead gen metrics, maybe they're the hard metrics that we can measure. And then we've got our softer metrics, which are engagement, which is a little bit more fuzzy, fluffy, even like, how do you figure that out? How engaging, how successful is my content when lead gen isn't the only objective? Yeah. So like you mentioned, there are, especially in these longer cycles that we see in B2B or in SaaS, it's that you're not going to see even a five-step journey. It's going to be months long. They're going to need to bring other people in. And so I think what you said too, is that there are going to be kind of some stepping stones along the way before lead gen can even truly measure all the work that you've done. That's more like measuring progress. Are there things that you're looking at that you can point to to say these are some, sometimes they're called leading metrics, but I would say more it's just like your engagement metrics. How are you judging that super duper early stuff is moving people? So just showing that progress even toward that lead gen, that hard metric, I guess. Yeah. I mean, some of those leading metrics, if you want to get way out in front of it, right, we're looking at like brand awareness, how we're performing in brand and unbranded search, both on paid and organic, just understanding the appetite that is in the market separate and aside from how our content might be for performing there, but like volume of interest that is out there around the brand and around the product space that we occupy is insanely helpful. And that's talk about a leading metric. Like that's the canary in the coal mine. And then as you start to get down, I mean, we're looking at engagement metrics, like how many pages per session are they looking at? How long are they spending on the site? But again, looking at it holistically, right? Any one of those things can lead you down to some bad decisions if you're not looking at it in context. So all of the data, I think, as a whole in a package is what you need to understand engagement. I don't think there is a single metric out there that says, check, this is successful. (laughs) Totally. It would be immature or irresponsible almost to have one metric because like you said, that would lead to this hyper focus on only that one thing versus the full journey. Is there a way that you can centralize that view though, or kind of get everybody to agree on what these soft metrics are that would lead to that hard metric or to that conversion? That's what I think we're working on. When I say we, I mean like B2B digital marketers as a whole, not (laughs) we, not my team, not F5. We're obviously working on it too. But I mean, I think just understanding what success for you and what success for your customer looks like is key. That context is everything. I like the caveat you put that it's success for you and for your customer. I think that helps everybody reframe it. It's hard to keep that centralized. I know that that is definitely the North Star for marketers, put the customer front and center. But once you start getting down into the weeds, it's really easy to take yourself off track and say, what's good for me? What can my tech stack do? What can my team do? Or if you're a team of one, God love you. What can you get other people to work with you on throughout their team? I think it's just a good reminder to keep that lens there to say, can I make this journey work for the customer any better by knowing this data in the middle? One thing that we've done that has been helpful in that regard is to frame all of our content evaluations by the customer journey. Where does this piece of content kind of live in the journey stage, right? Now, it's never black and white, especially when you're talking about buying groups. But by measuring the success by phase of the journey, it really forces you into that mindset of like, no, this is what the customer is trying to do at this phase at discover versus try versus buy and so forth. That's helped us. 
every team is different, but I think forcing measurement by stage of journey kind of makes you look at it that way. I think that would also help the rest of your team frame your work. Those would be steps that a whole business would understand if you were to use like the traditional, you know, awareness, consideration, conversion type path, something that allow you to bring everybody to the table and centralize on that strategy, basically. I would say I think it's hard to have that centralized view. Is there a way that you bring people to the table and bring them in talking about your metrics or your progress in a way that they understand? I guess kind of what advice would you have if someone feels like they don't have that buy-in? How do you earn that buy-in from the rest of the organization? That's a challenge for sure. I've been there. I empathize with that challenge. And I think getting close to the things they do care about and finding a way in there. Like, what are the things that you really care about? And how are these related? Because if you really care about, for example, I don't know if you're talking to a brand team and they're really focused on making sure that their brand is measured in a certain way, how can the content opportunities or optimizations or metrics that I'm looking at align to supporting those objectives? And that opens a door of shared measurement, of shared language even. And all of a sudden it starts to become really obvious that we're in the same boat, trying to go the same direction. How can we work together? And I think that can work with brand teams, campaign teams. It's the human part of it, right? It's finding out what we have in common first and really aligning on that and then moving on from there. I like that a lot. I would underline what you said there about putting it in vocabulary that they'll pay attention to, focusing in on what the rest of the organization is working on so that they can see how you kind of layer on, you know, like those old maps where you would have the see-through layers, right? So it's like, here's the base and then here's me and then here's you to really make sure that everybody understands how this is all working together. So that's really cool. I just have a couple of questions left. Mainly, we've talked a lot about understanding what's working in the journey and what the content is that your customers are going to care about and what your team needs to focus on. How do you understand when to double down on something and when to just nix it? Especially, I would say, if you don't have these middle metrics, is there a way that you can see what is or isn't working? That's a really good question. And there's so many different, like, well, that depends that I could go down. I was trying to stay like high level. I would say, find out if what you've built Why is it not working, first of all? Because I've seen a lot of people throw the baby out with the bathwater because they threw something against the wall. It didn't work. Great, let's move on. Well, 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 wait a minute. (laughs) There might be something there. Is it not working because perhaps, you know, putting my SEO hat on, are you maybe using the wrong language? Are your customers using a different set of actual words, actual language that is different to look for that content? So you're never going to show up. Or they get there and they don't know what you're talking about because you're speaking two different languages, right? So could it just be that we need to pivot how we're messaging, like the actual messaging framework around our content? The content could be fabulous and you just use the wrong words. So tweak it a little bit. You don't have to throw it out. Let's optimize it. It could be that it just isn't right and it isn't resonating. And I think the way to get check that is to actually talk with your customers. I mean, you should be doing that anyway. Please do that anyway for all the reasons. <laughs> But particularly if something isn't feeling right and something doesn't seem to be resonating, go have a conversation with your customers and get their take on it. Maybe it's because they don't care about it. Maybe it's because, again, you use the wrong language. Maybe you're up here and they want to be down here. Those are easy things to fix and easy things to adapt if you have that 
information and that insight from the customer. So it all comes back to knowing your audience and understanding what they're trying to accomplish, right? Yeah. And I would take it back too to how you sit in a pretty holistic role. So who is it at your organization who could help you build that holistic role or build that holistic view to see like work with your SEO team if you've got an SEO team or if that sits with digital, bring them together, like identify what your question is that you're hoping people can answer. But then, yeah, how can you understand all of these cogs in the wheel that are needing to turn together? Is there a particular one that just needs to be you know, like scooch that one to the left instead of letting it jam everything up? So I appreciate that. I think that's really smart. And I think it's something that it's going to feel big. But oftentimes the answer for setting that up is talking to people, which is like, be nice, put on your sweetest smile. Bribe people, do what you need to do, right? Like find yeah. the people that can help you. Humans want to help. And I think even to your point, it can feel really big, but it can be the solution to a really big problem can be as simple as a really small conversation. I love that. That's exactly what I was trying to say. It's like reach out across the aisle. It's like there are people who might have this data and if not, they'll know how to help you if you are really just feeling like you're drowning here. So I appreciate that. Thanks for helping people come on back in. So we are pretty much at time. So I wanted to say thank you. And my final question that I like asking people because I feel like it just winds up summarizing everything you wanted to say in your own words is just what would you want people to take away from the conversation you and I just had? I think it's that it depends, right? I think we like to think about these problems as, you know, one size fits all, or I just have these, and I just need this one answer. And it's never that straightforward. It feels scary and it feels hard because it is. But at the end of the day, you know your customers better than anybody. Context is everything. So get out there, have those conversations and just start trying stuff, right? That's the best way to learn. And that's the best way to see how it's going to go is just start trying stuff. Don't let the problem get so big that it stops you from taking action and stops you from having those conversations. I love that. I think that's an excellent, excellent point. And hopefully something that gives people a little bit of direction to start building this full customer journey that they can then start to optimize as well. So thank you so much, Christy. This has been absolutely wonderful to chat with you. And I will drop the links to your LinkedIn and my LinkedIn in the show notes if anybody would like to connect with you. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Pros and Content brought to you by Notch. We hope you subscribe to hear more interviews with leading marketers in SaaS B2B companies. We're focused this season on how marketers prove their contribution to business growth at all stages of the funnel. You can learn more about how Notch helps you uncover your organization's true audience journey, including what drives conversions at notch.com. That's K-N-O-T-C-H dot com.